0: Um I'm Peter I'm an alcoholic. Hi there. Uh, it's good to be here. Um it's all a little bit bizarre, isn't it? <laughs> uh step eleven. Um uh, just just to give a thumbnail sketch, in um in August nineteen eighty seven I was drinking alcohol. Um, taking a nasty pill called ro- Rohypnol and um, running a heroin habit and I'd been doing it for a long time and I'd I'd got sicker and sicker and sicker and I just started to run out of ideas, plans, um, schemes that I was going to pull myself out of the crap because I always had great faith in my ability to bullshit to myself and to um, get myself out of the crap and I just lost the ability to do it and uh, I gave up dealing heroin in some attempt to try to get normality into my life and the girl I was living with um, I think she got the first step but without any hope and she killed herself and I completely lost all plans ideas and designs and my little sister put me into a detox and in that detox I had probably the first revelation of the truth in regards to alcoholism that I ever had and that was that I was going to leave that detox and that I was going to drink again whether I wanted to or not and there wasn't one damn thing I could do about it. Powerless. Um, the most devastating thing I've heard in my first AA meeting was that an old guy got up and said that any alcoholic can stay sober for 24 hours. And I'm not a fool, although I acted foolishly, and I knew that I didn't qualify for that. And I know that there's others like me. Um, I was just too mentally obsessed and too physically sick to do that. The detox could do that for me, but I couldn't do it for myself. I could have all the greatest wish, desire and want in the world with horrific consequences facing me if I did, and I would do it. From the age age of 16 to 29, I cannot remember a day free of a chemical. I can remember technical sobriety where I didn't have alcohol, but I'd be full of something else. and I think, I don't know, I really believe that alcoholism is a primary illness. Um, I've heard it called a two-fold disease and a three-fold disease. And I just think it's a primary illness. It was onefold, And I had a, an abnormality or an abnormal reaction to alcohol where I just craved it. And the longer I did that and the more I did that, a mental obsession setting that accompanied it. More effect than cause, if you know what I mean, but it didn't matter. I now had physical compulsion and mental obsession. And the worst thing about that is, coupled with that, it sickened me psychically or spiritually. And my life became unmanageable as a result of the the mental obsession and physical compulsion. In other words, I lost the ability to live freely and happily um, under my own resources unless I had something in me, usually alcohol. I had to have something in me to to live freely and happily. Otherwise, my life was unmanageable. I couldn't stand it. I'd wake up in the morning, and I didn't know what it was. I think it was bordering on terror. But I would just feel so bad, and as the day progressed, it just became unbearable. This thing in my chest that was so heavy just grew and grew and grew, and it was like I'd want to choke. But I could walk into a bar, and I wouldn't get drunk, I'd have the first, like a first beer and just shudder in reaction and it'd be terrible. But by the time I was drinking my second beer, I'd get a sense of freedom and okayness that, that hadn't existed all day. I'd been tortured all day and yet, even before I got drunk, once something happened, when I'd start to drink, it was freedom. I didn't, I wasn't worried about what was going to happen tomorrow and I didn't care about all the anxiety of the day. I could be in absolute anxiety about wondering who I was going to bludge money off to get a drink and once I had a couple of drinks I could ask anybody and wouldn't care if I was rejected, I'd just ask someone else mm-hmm. and I wasn't doing too well um, so alcohol solved all my problems, it solved all my problems and I could not go without it, that's all there was to it, unless I substituted so I got really sick and I went to detox and In that detox, I'd run out of all my plans, as I said, and I had a spiritual experience on the third day of detox. And um, I'd heard about the disease concept in that detox, and it made sense. The line that that hit me more than anything else was that um, um, these men were not drinking to escape. They were drinking to overcome a craving beyond their mental control. And that explained my whole life. That was my whole life. And I don't know what happened, but Um, a thought entered my head or parallel with my thinking and it was that I never had to withdraw again and I never had to go through this again and I knew that the answer was something to do with this and I lost the obsession. Now I've been sober ever since and the only reason that I'm sober is that the obsession has never returned. If I get the obsession back, forget about not drinking, I know what the obsession is to me nothing else matters I will do it I might be able to avoid it for a little while but I will do it Um, so the the, the drink obsession was removed from my head now the unfortunate thing was that that was a spiritual experience but I didn't have any method of implementing it it wasn't as a result of the steps within three years I wanted to blow my head off (laughs) forget about the spiritual experience it didn't last I had no way of keeping it um Like I've heard a lot of people say that you know they you could say that I lasted for three years without without drinking without doing any steps, but nearly everybody that I came in with or all my mates anyway, they were back out there drinking or using They'd gone. And so it, it irritates me when people say they you know I haven't done any steps and I've been around for eight years, they don't talk about the legions of others that didn't make it you know, that it also didn't work the steps because there's legions with everyone that, that, that brags about that. Um, I was going to blow my head off, I wasn't going to drink, but I knew that if I didn't blow my head off, I, when there's a storm in November, you smell the rain coming before you get wet. I could smell the rain coming and I knew I was going to get wet. So I knew I was either going to drink again or I was going to kill myself. And so I got a sponsor and he took me through the steps really quickly. We went through from, from um, or the principles of one to nine on a weekend. And again, I had a spiritual awakening. I was an atheist up until that point. And I don't know, I just got a piece that that I hadn't known since um, early recovery when I lost the obsession. And um, he taught me how to to pray and meditate. And the reason that, that I pray and meditate is quite simple. There is only one reason it is so that I never get the obsession <laughs> to drink back. Now, I get a whole lot of rewards, but that's the reason I do it. That's the reason I work the steps, is because I don't want to drink again. Because I don't think I can fight the obsession, and once I start, I don't know when I'm going to stop. Um, the way that I pray and meditate, this, this is horses for courses. I did it straight out of the book, but um, I, I ended up, I did what was said in the book a lot. I'd um, ask for direction in the morning and freedom from self will and all that sort of stuff. Um, one of the greatest uh, weapons that I found in the book was to pause when agitated. Um, if I get anxiety, and it's strong anxiety, and I'm trying to arrange the world, um, you know, if I go here and do that, they'll do this. And, <laughs> that 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 that. It's a sense of being driven, and and I've learnt through prayer med- meditation that that if I'm being driven, it's wrong. I don't mean bad. it mean means it's incorrect. If something's good, I'm drawn to it. If something's not good, I'm driven. And to pause when agitated, to to sit which is, if you're out and about, there's only one place you can go. <laughs> Unless there's a church, handy and somewhere quiet. <laughs> it's the little room. Um, at home, I'll lie on my bed. I won't get on my knees. I lie on my bed. Oh, I've got nothing against getting on my knees, but um, I'll sit with it. Through the process of the f- fourth step, I I learned about the basic instincts of life and if I've got a lot of anxiety this is 10 and 11 combined that's how I do these Um, I will lie on the bed and wherever concerns me in my body it's somewhere between my throat and my stomach depending on what what the ill is whether it's what form of anxiety it is or or anger and it's like that's, that's where I need to be healed that's the spot and all I do is I simply ask God to come in and heal that I do a little inventory first. I acknowledge that if it's if I'm disturbed, doesn't matter what they've done, if I'm continuing the disturbance, it's me refusing to accept reality as it is. It doesn't matter how bad they've done it. I don't want to be that's why I did a four step in the end. I don't want to be dominated by people and the world. <laughs> Bill gives a whole lot of reasons why he should do an inventory. The one that got me is that I don't want to be dominated by the world and the people in it. <laughs> My ego got me to do an (laughs) inventory. Forget about having a a horrible life. (laughs) Um, But I don't want to be dominated, I want to be free. That's all I want, I just want to be free. And, And I don't... To be free from the obsession to use alcohol is fantastic, but I don't want to be trapped up in other obsessions. And people talk about gambling and all this sort of stuff. They're not the obsessions that I see hit people like me. It's resentment and fear. They're the, the obsessions that get me. Trying to work out, the more anxious I get, the more I try to work it out. And it's not until I stop, lay down on my bed, and go, oh, "God help me," you know, it's uh, acknowledge my weakness and my need. I've caused this. I can't get myself out of this. Now the, the strange thing that happens is, um, and if I don't really know what it is, I just ask God to come in and heal what needs to be healed because I do not know what it is. <coughs> Just nice and gentle. Um, I don't know, the, the, the strange thing that occurs is that the problem doesn't seem to go away, but uh, homespun metaphors, they're horrible in AA aren't they? But, but it's, like, it's like being in a in a room like this and every single door has death and disaster behind it, and there's only one right door, and I can't pick the door. <laughs> and it's like, oh, if I do this, this is going to happen. If I do that, this is going to, you know, cluster whatever it is in the head. You know, it's just like, um, if I pray and meditate and and relax with God, just relax with God and be with God. It doesn't. It's either like there's only one door, and the decision is easy to make, or it's like <coughs> it doesn't matter if I'm wrong. There's no longer concern about being wrong or mistaken. And each door will be each door. It's no longer death and disaster and blood on the streets if I'm wrong. That's all. Um, So I guess I get my answers. And it mightn't be the answer that I want. But it's it's the freedom to actually use my will correctly. To just go ahead and live my life without the fear and anxiety and um, uh, the terror of living. What I do on a daily basis is, um, with prayer and meditation, I I like the idea of relaxing with God. And it it is a real good template for where I am. It's amazing how I think I'm free of anxiety. And when I lay down on my bed to relax with God, even in the morning, if I start to feel the terror, (laughs) it's amazing. If if I'm anxious and I didn't realise it, I'll know it then. Sometimes I think it's just scary being with God, but it's, it's usually something that's going on. Um, and I'll just I'll read a little bit of, you know, like the 24 hour day books, that sort of thing. I use a, a religious one because I like it. Uh, it makes sense to me. Um, and I just, what strikes me, what really stands out, and I think about it. This doesn't take long. This isn't um, an extreme sport, so to speak. It's not, uh, it's no big deal. I just think about it. Um, how it applies, um, quite often what I'm not doing um, or not being, and um, talk to God about it and then just try to listen to an answer. And of course, I don't know, I've been doing this for years and years and years, on and off, sometimes well, sometimes not well. Um, you ever tried to listen for an answer? You'll think about what you've got to do next. Yeah. <laughs> But I spend the time with God, and then I laugh, and I go back, and then I laugh, and go back. You know, it's it's no big deal. So I, I guess I'm just it's um, spending the time with with a power greater than myself, and and the reason that I pray to God is not for information. God already knows. It's just to develop a relationship, like if you're going to talk to a friend. I talk crap to God. I swear at God. Tell him he's an asshole. Um, if I'm whatever, because at least it's honest. With my enemies, you know that that lovely thing in the back of the book there, it says pray for your enemies or whatever. She had problems with her mother. I can't remember the story in the back here. Um, I tell God to break their legs. (laughs) Because you've got to be honest, what's the good of pretending? if i'm angry with somebody i don't know about you i'm a really good hater people say oh hate such a strong word i can hate at least it's got passion in it <laughs> it's better than pretending so when i'm talking to god the idea is and what i'm trying to convey is i would be ruthlessly honest with god and not pretend to stop bullshitting myself oh they haven't affected me that much no they have that's why they're in their head that's why're in their head you know If I'm angry I'm angry you know and you might as well be terrifying with your anger or your anger isn't got any passion either like it's it's just to try to be honest with God because I bullshit myself all the time um, If I have problems in a relationship in meditation I will I will go through it and I will, locate all the times that I've been selfish and self-seeking and what I've done and how it was really just about me 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 and forget about what they've done even if they've done horrible things and I think about it and then I ask God you got to help me with this you know what I mean to, to try to be ruthlessly honest with myself um, and that's how I get healed The The times that I've had a really hard time in recovery have been as a result from not doing 10 and 11 or only doing 10 half-assed. I reckon if I continue to do 10, 11 and 12 with, and I I don't mean to the best of my ability, I never do anything to the best of my ability. I'm too lazy. But if I do it half-assed, I will live a really good life. I don't have to do it really well. God's a gentleman. Doesn't choose his friends really well, though. <laughs> I reckon I'm a friend. And the, the great thing of prayer and meditation, I used to go to priests and, and stuff because they knew more about it than I did. I knew nothing. And um, I'll learn about the nature of my relationship with God. And um, I know the relationship or, or the nature of myself with God. Um, and that's the two minutes remaining. <coughs> That's, that's, that's the great, that's a great thing. Um, to know my relationship to God. And in all reality, I don't know if you've ever heard the story of the prodigal son, but if you ever read it, in all reality, you'll understand that a guy blows his inheritance and God gives it back. And the inheritance, the inheritance that God gives him is that of a prince, a son of a king. And we're all princes and princesses in the eyes of God. And that means none of us is greater or lesser than the other it doesn't matter what anybody else does they are not greater than anybody else the relationship to God is the same so I don't have to crawl before any man or woman that um, I'm a child of God it's pretty religious talking, i was mentioned God a hell of a lot of times um, but I'm a really weak man and God is my raft for a weak man that's what I needed. I'll just drink otherwise um, so I know you know, and God doesn't care, I never have to do anything right or well or I would have never lost the obsession when I first got sober I did not <laughs> not earn it, merit it, um, deserve it in any way, shape or form if it was justice that was given I would have been cut up into little pieces so it had nothing to do with it I was not a good man and I had not lived well and I guess the, the, today in prayer and meditation I realise quite often just how much of a selfish bugger I am and to try to sacrifice a little bit um, secretly when I can, and just to deny sometimes, you know, to put others ahead of myself. In other words, and just to give a shit about somebody else a little bit more than I give a shit about myself. And I don't know, I'll still use people up. I'll still be, you know, wrong. I have every fault and failing that I've that I've ever had. Um, none of them have gone away. But my defects of character get removed when I ask God to remove them, and I I merely mean those resentments and those fears that I have. I can never get rid of the capacity to be dishonest or resentful or fearful. But whenever I feel that stuff in my chest, those resentments, those fears, and I honestly bring them to God in step 10 and step 11, they do go if I sit with them for long enough and know that that I've created them. Not them, those and they, not the the people of this world, the bastards. It's always been me, um, and to just acknowledge that. (coughs) And I get freedom and I get peace. So I live a life better than I deserved, so to speak. And the great perversion of the natural order is, of course, that I stay sober. Thank Thank you.